You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. They call it social distancing, a concept that some members of The Dan Patrick Show have been practicing for years. Uh, I remember this girl going, gross, get away from me. (laughs) Some members of the show struggle giving people personal space. I think we all need to hug as often as possible during the breaks, after the show, before the show. Never with you, ever. But with recent events, it's important to remember that the Dan Patrick Show is available with no human interaction. None. No. No. So listen on your radio, via podcast, or even YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. A safe place to go. Dan Patrick. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Temporarily not working from home or the studio. Basically, what I'm saying is Dan Patrick is off today. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Studios in Los Angeles. In for Dan Patrick. Uh, hey, I want to thank you guys for filling in, too. The reaction has been great. Is Jason Smith and Rob Parker. Greetings and welcome inside. Final hour of the Dan Patrick Show this week. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. A scheduled week off for them. They'll be back on Monday as we kept the boat rolling uh, over the course of this week. Rob and I, you and I doing our second show of the week together. And uh, uh, as we get used to things, I'm, I'm seeing just how deep your hatred for the Patriots actually what? is. It's really, it's really amazing. I don't hate anybody. <laughs> I'm 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 a reporter. I'm not a fan. I don't hate the Patriots. I don't care if they win or lose. I don't care if Tom Brady wins or loses. I don't really? care if really? Tampa Bay wins or loses. No, I don't. I'm one of the most objective reporters who has ever covered Tom Brady. I'm calling it the way I see it. And a lot of people, hey, Chris Canty and everybody else. I know we had a little fireworks this morning, but it's all good. Really, I, I don't think Brady and objective is what I is what I get when I when I think of you looking at Brady. And I'm this, and I'm a bleeping Jets fan, and I'm saying this. I mean, I mean, look, I've had to watch Tom Brady just work my division for the past twenty years, and oh by the way, I had to watch Dan Marino do it for the fifteen years before that. So I haven't had a path to the AFC East title since I was twelve years old. I'm it's almost got, fifty. Still got nineteen sixty nine. <laughs> so just hang on to that. It's before I was born. Is before I was born. Unbelievable. Not, listen, l- listen, just think about this, okay? When I was 12 years old, all right, I thought, hey, everything was going to be great. Then the Dolphins draft Dan Marino in 83, all right? So now here's one of the top five quarterbacks of all time running the AFC East for uh, the next 16 years. Then I get an, an off year in 2000, right? I get a bye year where no one's there. And then in 2001, Tom Brady shows up, and I've had him since 2001. So since I was 12 years old, and again, I'm 49 now, I have never had a season where the Jets and my team are going to be, hey, we can maybe win the division. We're the preseason division favorite. For 36 out of 37 years, I've been looking up at one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. That's been my sports life in the National Football League. No, I, I, I get it. And finally, some breathing room. And then is it automatic or it's Buffalo? Is it the Jets or, or the Bills who are the favorite in that division? You know, that, and that's the thing. We'll, we'll get to Tua Tungavailoa in a second. Is that, you know, I know the Bills GM talked about this yesterday that, hey, the Bills, uh, you know, look, we're looking up at the Patriots and the Patriots are still the team that that is running the division. You know, a couple of unnamed uh, personnel people think the Dolphins, if they get the right 
draft at quarterback could potentially contend because they got a lot better in the offseason. You know, I, I look at this year as this is the first time in since Brady's been with the Patriots that a team other than New England goes in as the favorite. So I think you have to make the Bills the favorite. All right, they were in the playoffs last right. year. They got I better agree this, with that. They got I, I still like Stephon Darnold Diggs. and the Jets, but I, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I look. I think they're all going to be better this year, but I think the Bills, what they accomplished, are you know, you got to look at them as the favorite. But I see this as you know a season where I think everybody's going to you be doing a five hundred dance, and I think that's what the Patriots are going to wind up doing. I mean, they, they've lost a lot, you know, they not not just Brady they lost other players, they didn't replace them in free agency. This is kind of a bridge reboot type year for New England. Look, they're going forward with Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, and whoever they wind up getting in the draft. Which I think when it comes down to it they'll take Jalen Hurts late and they'll try to turn him into the next Jimmy Garoppolo you know waiting for a year or two but uh, you know, this is a, they're not that talented you know as you said they were the most overrated eight no team in NFL history they've gotten old they don't have a lot of playmakers but you know Belichick is dying to prove that hey every all this attention on Tom Brady watch me win with nothing Right? Watch me win with absolutely nothing. And because of Belichick, they'll stay in contention. But I see the Patriots like kind of like a 500-ish team where they'll contend for most of the season, and, and the rest of the AFC East will probably be 500-ish as well. It'll be competitive. It won't be a great division. But that's kind of the reality for New England because they've lost a lot. They, they've not signed anybody in free agency. And let's face it, now that Brady's not there, who's going to go there as a free agent? knowing all the horror stories about New England and how Belichick treats everybody and Brady had to leave and Gronk had to retire. I, I mean, I, I, I think they can be around 500, but th- I think that's about where you can expect them to top out at. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair analysis. It's hard to believe that they're not winning the division. Other teams are better. Um, and it'll, it'll be interesting just to see what Bill Belichick can do, um, especially because I think – it has to be a defensive-led team. You know, it has to be something about that and then have a quarterback who can make some plays, right, and not make any big mistakes. That, that That's the only way they're going to be competitive because I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see what what they have to offer. Stenum, I, we don't even know for real, I mean, wh- what kind of quarterback he's going to be. Obviously, they see him in practice. We've seen some players come out, Jason, and say how much they like him and they think he's going to be good. But that's all. What do what you expect them to say? To come out and say, this guy's terrible. We have yeah. no shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's when we stop the presses and I want to read that story. But we yeah. never see that story. No, I, look, are, are you believing these rumors the past few days that, you know, the Boston Globe is saying the Patriots could make a big move up for Tua Tungavailoa? I mean, I, I, in, the, in the end, I'd love to see that, that gutsy kind of move. But I can't believe the Patriots well, what, are going to give up. What are their up. assets? What, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure capital. out. They got to give up draft picks for this year, next year, and you know Belichick's not going to give up all those picks all the way to move up to get you know just to get Tua, even if Matt Patricia gives him a sweetheart type deal. And Matt, well, you've done a lot for me, coach. So here you go, just just take the number three overall pick. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I, that, I really that would I, I can't be li- see that. that would be Lions like, uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. But even I can't see that for the long. I think that would be a mistake. And then you don't even know where the Patriots picks are going to be. Do you know what I mean? It ain't like. They're perennial, and you have a chance at some top pick. You don't. They might be middle of the road, middle middle kind of picks. So I I don't know. I I, I don't see that happening. I think that's wishful thinking. I get it. You know, there are always people who want to make the best deal for the team that they like or the team they're covering, and they come up with some stuff. But I I don't see that. You know, and and the draft really does come down to Tua and what the Lions are going to do at number three, right? Because. 
the last couple of weeks, we know a, a few things for certain. Number one, that the Bengals are going to be locked in on Joe Burrow. Uh, it's too late for them to try to make a move to go to Tua simply because look at the circumstances in the, in the world right now. Traveling and seeing athletes and trying to work them out and get a feel for them is much more difficult. It's going to be harder for Tua to rise up past Burrow and what he was able to accomplish last year. So we got the Bengals will be locked in on, on Burrow, and it looks like the Redskins are locked in on Chase Young at number two. Now, this is not the right decision because it's not like Dwayne Haskins. You drafted him. He looked like he was going to be a world beater. But the Redskins have decided we like Haskins. We're bringing in Kyle Allen, and we're going to do what the Giants did two years ago is say we have no choice but to take Saquon Barkley. The guy's a generational talent. And, you know, Barkley was really good his rookie year, and he was just okay last year. But that's what the Redskins are going to say. Oh, we have no choice but to take Chase Young, you know, because they want to get in front of it that if they don't take Tua and he turns out to be a star, well, Chase Young looked like he was going to be the best, uh, you know, defensive player in the draft since Lawrence Taylor. So they're overhyping him to make it seem like they have no choice but to take him. Now, whether that's right or wrong, and I think it's wrong, that seems like that's where they're going. So now three is where the draft really changes and the Lions can put the NFL on one track or another depending on what they want to do because if they sit at three and they take Tua they can then trade Matthew Stafford somewhere whether it's the Patriots or the Chargers and Tua tries to revamp the Lions moribund franchise and maybe Matthew Stafford catches lightning in a bottle somewhere else or they trade out of the pick because someone's going to want to come up to try to get Tua because he's rising up draft boards, which you knew he was going to do once he got healthy. And someone else is going to then take Tua, and it's going to be the Chargers or the Dolphins or the Patriots or somebody else. And that changes the course of NFL history because, look, there was a reason why there was tank for Tua. This guy was that good. All he did was get hurt, and now he's healthy. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I just don't see uh, – I, I, I'm with you. I think the Lions – if I'm the Lions on, on, on with that pick, I would think about Tua. Uh, you had a decade of Matthew Stafford. Whether you want to pin it all on him or not, the bottom line is they haven't gotten it done. They've made the playoffs, I think, three times. No playoff wins. They have one playoff win since 1957, which seems almost impossible when you think about – the NFL, how it's set up for parity. We used to look at teams, the New Orleans Aints, Tampa Bay Bucks, when they had the creamsicle uniforms, the Cardinals in Arizona, and all three of those franchises that used to be laughing stocks in the NFL have all gone to the Super Bowl and won, except for the Cardinals, who Santonio Holmes took a Super Bowl away from them in the, in the waning minutes of that Super Bowl. But other than that, the Lions haven't even sniffed it. Go back to that one playoff win in 1991. Do you remember it? 1991, maybe you're too young, but that's when they beat the Cowboys with Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and all those guys. They, the Lions blew them out at the Silverdome, and I'll never forget watching that game because John Madden, right as the game ended, said, ladies and gentlemen, you're watching the two teams of the 90s the Lions and the Cowboys, you're going to hear so much more about these two teams in the next decade. That's exactly what he said, and guess what? Cowboys went on to win three out of four Super Bowls, and the Lions never got there. But the Lions were actually a step ahead of that Cowboys team and had beaten them with all their stars the year before. So if I'm the Lions, things haven't worked out after a decade of Matthew Stafford. I need to change 
my franchise and what's going on, and I'd step out there and make a change and go for Tua and move on from Matthew Stafford. That wasn't even a, um, a big game from Barry Sanders, right? Didn't Eric Kramer throw for like 400 yep. yards in that game? I mean, he had such a huge game. Look, but, look. but can you imagine that, 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 that they beat that Cowboys dynasty? In the yeah. playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, and you want to talk about underachieving. You, you're talking about a Lions team that had, f- since 1991, right, they go Barry Sanders into Herman Moore into Calvin Johnson, three of the best players at their position in the past 30 years, and they couldn't take advantage of that don't forget, really at all. <laughs> and Dominican Sue was on that team as well. Uh-huh. And if you go back and look, I think the his last year before he bolted uh, from there, they had one of like the top five defense on, in, in the NFL that year, and they, they got nothing out of it, even with Stafford, even with um, uh, Calvin Johnson and Dominican Sue, nothing happened there. Yeah, Wayne Fonts out coaching Jimmy Johnson. I mean, who'd have thunk it? Uh, you know, but but th- there's even there's more to it than that. It should be easier for the Lions because it, here they are sitting at three, right? Like I said, this is where NFL history is going to change because of what they do at three. They've had Stafford for a decade. And I I think he can go someplace and still be really good because, yes, he's coming off an injury, but generally the guy's pretty healthy. You know, this is not the Matthew Stafford, you know, China doll from, you know, early on in his career. Yeah, the first couple years he was a China doll, right. But he's someone that's that's pretty healthy, and he's going to give you a pretty consistent 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 45, 4,800 yards. So in the right system with different coaching, could he go someplace and, 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 and be really good and be a team that can be a quarterback to lead the team in the playoffs? Yeah, I think he'd be great with the Chargers. I think he'd be really good with the Patriots. He could do that. And you could get something for him. It's not that you're going to get, you know, three firsts in a second, but you will get something decent for Matthew Stafford because of his age, still relatively young. He's 32. It's not like in the next three years he's going to really, you know, have a downtick. You know, he's not doesn't have a physical running style like Cam Newton, so he's going to continue on to be in his prime. But mainly it's when you're picking at three and you can get your quarterback, franchise quarterback for the next decade, which you're going to get with Tua, and you wouldn't have to pay Matthew Stafford any more of his money. And, and really, the Stafford contract is not that big a deal anymore. He's only making $20 million a year the next couple of years. That's a bargain now. I mean, it was it was so far overpaid a couple of years ago, but now it's a bargain that it should be pretty easy to say, okay, now we're going to go with Tua because this guy was was the number one pick in the draft for two years. We couldn't wait for this guy to come out, right? People forget that while they're talking about Trevor Lawrence, oh, Trevor's going to be so good. Also, you know, two years ago it was, hey, we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa being that good. And so it shouldn't be that tough for the Lions to say, okay, we're going to take Tua, and he's our guy, and we're going to trade Matthew Stafford to get a second and a third or a second and a fourth, and we're going to get pretty good players for him and revamp the team. You know, but on the end, it is the Lions, and I'm sure they'll do the safe thing, which is, well, we can get a bunch of good draft picks and we'll move out of number three, which is probably what they're going to wind up doing. But it should be a lot easier decision than, than how it's going right now. We should we should know already that two is going to wind up being a Lion because of how the draft is going to go. Yeah, I just don't – it would be so unlion-like – that's not what they do. They still feel good to have Matthew Stafford and be 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. He's never won a division. I go back, and, and there's two instances where you might say, well, they got terrible management. They, they don't have a, a running game. They don't have this. They don't have that. There were two moments when I really looked at the lines and said, here's a chance for Matthew Stafford to, to really do something and, and change the culture. And I don't know if you remember, it was a few years back, 
when Green Bay came into Detroit, Jason, for the last game of the year. Do you remember that with the, with the uh, division on the line? Mm-hmm. And all the Lions had to do was beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. They would have won the division. They would have given themselves a first-round bye and a playoff game at Ford Field where they're much better than when they go on the road. And they got blown out, basically. They, you know, they scored a couple late touchdowns to make the score look better, but they didn't win. Also, when they played the playoff game in Dallas against the Cowboys, you know, there was a bad call by the official. Everybody said, oh, look, the Lions always get jobbed, the officials, whatever. They were still in that game. Stafford got the ball back with two and a half minutes to go and two timeouts, and it was four and out. That was your chance that despite everything else that was going on, you had a chance to march the team down, right, and win the football game. And it would have been a great signature win. The big thing is after a decade, it's hard for you to even figure out and put your finger on a signature win for Matthew Stafford after a decade. It's mind-boggling. He was the number one overall pick. And sometimes, just sometimes, when you have a special quarterback, he can win games when the running game's not there or when the defense isn't as good as it needs to be or players are down. That's what franchise quarterbacks and great quarterbacks do. And Matthew Stafford hasn't been able to do that. That's why I give him the nickname Stat Patford because he, he pads his stats, but he doesn't win any big games. But you don't think he uh, you don't think in, with a change of scenery and it is Lions or the Lions. You, if he goes to the Chargers, suddenly he's going to struggle. I mean, I think he's, he could throw thirty five touchdowns with the Chargers. I mean, they, they have so many weapons there. You don't think he'd be good with Belichick and, and McDaniel's in in New England and and cut down on on turnovers and and, and be. A I don't know. More I don't know yet. You know why? I don't know because he hasn't played in any big games. Like he really hasn't. So I don't know. Is it different, uh, Jason, when you when you're a quarterback and you're down twenty one nothing, and then you're able to you're able to throw the football, and they're not going to pressure you. They're just going to have you eat up clock and throw the ball in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many of those games are you starting when the games matter, and 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 what performance you can do? That's the issue that I have. Is so many of his games he starts where he's in the hole. And it's much easier at that point. You can't run the football. You're down 21 nothing or 17 nothing, right? All you do is throw the football to try to get back in the game. And oftentimes they allow you to throw in front of them. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker, FS1. The Dan Patrick Show here at Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. We got Marcellus Wiley stopping by to talk football with us in a few minutes. And what are we going to get? out of this Tom Brady interview with Howard Stern next week. Is he going to suddenly unload on the Patriots? Uh, we'll tell you. That's coming up next. Keep it right here. Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We got Sean. Uh, we have uh, Marcellus Wiley coming up. I said Sean Merriman because he's on fire about this next story on Twitter. But we got Marcellus Wiley coming up in a few minutes, Fox Sports 1 NFL analyst. And I'm sure we're going to get into this conversation with him as former Jets and Bills head coach Rex Ryan uh, making some news this hour, Rob Parker, as he went on ESPN early this morning and was asked about Amari Cooper, who signed a big contract with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, five years, $100 million. And let's just say that Rex has decided he's not a big fan of Amari Cooper. Take a listen. 
to me, this is the biggest disappearing act in the National Football League. He doesn't show up on the road. He doesn't show up against, when the competition's good, when he's against the top corners, that guy disappears. This is who he is. And Dan, he doesn't love football. Hell with it. He stops his routes. He does all this. I wouldn't have paid this turd. No way in hell. All right, so the, I, I got a problem with that. Yeah. So. Okay, so the, the analysis of of Amari Cooper as a player, look, Rex has done enough in his NFL career as a coach to earn the right to say what he feels about a player, right? To say I feel that Amari Cooper, this is an over um, overrated signing. He disappears on plays. He he stops his routes. I mean, this is stuff he sees and has seen as a head coach. And I get that. You know, look, Amari Cooper's done. You know, has had a pretty good career numbers wise. I mean, look, he's he's still put. You know, four years. He's been a Pro Bowl player. But Rex has earned the right to have that opinion. But now you go on TV and you call a guy a turd. I, I agree. Mean, that, that's, I mean, uh, that, that's that. You're going over the line there. That's crossing the line. I mean that 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 word. You could. I, I I love a strong opinion. You know I do, Jason. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that that word used in that situation or circumstance is over the line. It really is. You know, and it's it's kind of of part and parcel to who Rex Ryan is. You know, but I I feel like. Rex has hit the point where, look, when he was going to be an ex-head coach, right, he was getting into the broadcast booth. So many people said, oh, Rex is going to be so great. He's going to be unfiltered. He's going to be awesome. And I knew he was just going to be okay because he still wanted to get back in the league as a head coach, right? He still thinks of himself as the Jets head coach, right? I, he, he still thinks he's, he, he's the head coach of the Jets. You see him talk. He still thinks that's his job. You know, he's been gone for years now. But when he got in the broadcast booth, I knew he still wants to be a head coach. He's going to do what most people do when they want to have a career in the NFL. I'm going to go light with my analysis and breakdown because I don't want to alienate myself from the, from the business and the brotherhood. I want to be able to get back in. But now after all these years away, he's realized no one's giving me a head coaching job, so now screw it. I'm going to talk like I talked to the Jets and the Bills when I was their coach, and I'm going to call a guy a turd. If you want to do that behind closed doors when you're on ha- having a film session and you want to say, Look, and I want to tell you, Revis, or I want to tell you, uh, whoever, Stephon Gilmore, look, this guy is a turd, man. He quits on plays. He does X, Y, and Z. You know, that's something you're talking to your team and you're firing them up, and that's, that's fine. But you go on TV and you call a guy a turd. It's like, it's the, you know, like or not like a guy, whatever you think. Basically, you just went on and you're just going to have name calling sessions now. Can't we, have. You call it. the guy a turd. Can't have name, name calling. You, you can give. Fair analysis, the points that he makes, all the other things he could have he could have had other stuff to say. Hey, in in the in the second half and the final uh, final eight minutes of uh, uh, final uh, twelve six minutes of an NFL uh, game, Amari, these are his numbers. He disappears. Do you know what I mean? Like to back up your point, you could do something like that. But I, I just the name calling. Uh, me and Rick Barry got into a big fight on the radio once. Because he called me a loser, and you could you could criticize me all you want, push back. He's a he was a former great player. He could disagree with my point of view, Chris. I mean, um, Jason. That's and right. I, I know just, you're talking to Chris every day. No, no, it's no. Okay. I did. You know, I'm the. <laughs> Well, I'll talk like Chris Broussard. I, I like Rex Ryan. I don't love him, but I like him. I, I, you know, I get it. But I, Rob, you go ahead and explain. But you, but you know what I'm saying in. in uh, but when you get to that, and he called me a loser right on the radio, and I just wouldn't accept that. You could say that you disagree with my opinion, you could whatever it is, but name calling should never be accepted. That that's that's wrong. I don't care 
if you're an analyst, television, radio, no name calling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also it's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing to hear that here's a guy, I'm, I'm going to get into name calling now. Even even though, hey, I, you know, I'm on TV and I'm giving my opinion. And look, like I said, Rex Ryan has earned the right to have an opinion about players because of what he's accomplished in his career. But when you go down, it's like when you go down to name calling, it's like I stop taking you seriously because now it's like you, you're just looking for when you want to just start name calling or cursing. I feel like you're just looking for attention. Right. And that's and that's where Rex is going with this. Now, I haven't been getting the attention I should have been getting as an analyst because I've wanted to get back in the league. So I've really pulled my punches and he, he has. I mean, he's not been someone who's moved the needle, you know, and everybody and ESPN thought he was going to be when he came in. So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to I'm going to use language and that's going to and that's going to get me noticed, which is which is really sad. But unfortunately, that's what some people are going to respond to in, in this country. Look, now this is going to be a that's- big deal today. Yeah, that's going to be a yeah, big deal for Rex Ryan today. No doubt about it, but it's lowest common denominator, name calling and stuff like that. That's not where you want to go. That's not how you're going to get respect from your peers, your other analysts who are on television, or even the players. If Rex Ryan comes around and is looking for information or whatever, are you giving him any? I don't think as a player, would you give him any? I don't think you give him anything. You, you can't cross that line. That's a big mistake today. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I, – I would guess, and I, I'm, I'm just guessing, because of I know where Rex Ryan works. You and I both worked across the street there, and, and you, you understand the, you know, with that certain places fight perception all the time. It's, look, this is why I always say, you know, I've had my radio career now as long at Fox as I've had at ESPN, and I can't tell you how great it is to feel that I can tweet whatever I want to as long as I, I don't go over, overboard. I can tweet whatever I want to, and Fox doesn't care. If I'm entertaining and I'm doing the right thing and I'm bringing strong opinions, they don't care. But across the street, they really care. And I, I, I would bet at some point in the next hour, you're going to see some kind of statement, I was out of line, I was overboard, because guess what? The Cowboys are going to call and say, what are you guys doing? Why is Rex Ryan calling our player a turd? You're right, you're right, you're right, we're sorry. And there's going to be some kind of apology either from ESPN or from Rex Ryan, because I know how that place works no doubt about it he he, right now he's being called into the principal's office you know how it goes right (laughs) joining us now on the hotline speaking of guys who have been we all know across the street uh former nfl all pro you find him on speak for yourself fox sports one nfl analyst uh one of the good guys in sports marcellus wiley marcellus what's happening man What's up? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. Sound like I missed the firestorm. What's going on <laughs> in the other building? <laughs> well, Dude, hey. if if you called Amari Cooper a turd on ESPN, what would what would be the immediate result for you after you got off the air? I really don't know because I never say nothing like that. I that's mean, I what Rex. Oh no, no, I'm not saying you would, but right, if you but that's did, what, Rex what would Ryan, the reaction be? Yeah. That's what Rex Ryan just did. Man, I know these people are out of control, man. It's so funny. I don't care who you are and what walk of life. You get into this calm, controlled, air-conditioned setting, and you start thinking you're bigger than life, getting this God complex. I've been talking about people in the media, people with platforms, really being disconnected from the grind for so long. And no lie, because I play both sides, obviously, as an athlete and now being in media. I love the return fire from these athletes when we just sit up there and act like we could do all things. And so I don't know exactly the details of this, but I don't care how sorry you are in a professional sport. You're not a turd. (laughs) You're not a scrub. It's just all relative. Some guys are greater than others, but they're all black belts. So show some respect. 
No, no, no doubt about it. That that was over the line, and we will be hearing more about that. Mm. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. No, right. go ahead, you go. I, 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 w- I was going to say the, the uh, we we were talking earlier uh, about Tom Brady going to uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, my my only question, Marcel, is why do you think Tom Brady didn't have as many offers? There were a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks, four or five teams that made moves, but Tom only had two two offers. The uh, Chargers, who of course need to sell tickets in that new stadium, and they have some weapons. They they offered him a deal, and of course Tampa Bay, which hasn't made the playoffs in twelve years. Why do you think there were so few offers for Tom Brady? Was it the money? that he wanted, which was two years guaranteed, or was it that he's 43 and we saw a bad year from Tom Brady last year? Yeah, I think it's, it's the latter. I think it's his 43. And it's not just so much age. It's age and the decline. And they mapped together, and they became parallel. They became congruent. Like, you saw Tom Brady win the MVP a few years ago, and since then, all of his numbers have declined in major statistical categories. What has covered that up and given it some better cosmetics is the fact that the team has won. And, you know, he went to two of the last three Super Bowls and won one. So we get into a team concept and we start saying, hey, Brady's not as bad as advertised. But then when you get that ISO cam and every player has been in the locker room, been in the film room before, has seen the ISO cam when they, they don't look at the crowd. They don't hear the broadcaster's voice. You don't see your teammates. It's isolated on you and your performance only. And if you look at it through that narrow lens, Tom Brady has taken a step or two back. But he still has the physical skill set necessary to win in this league. He's still going to be one of the better quarterbacks in our league. But Tom Brady's a great in terms of production. Not just accolade, production certainly is a little different now and a little less than he was a few years ago. All right, I had to look up congruent to make sure we could say it on the radio, and uh, it, it turns out it's okay. It means well, entertainment oh, okay, or good, harmony. Good. Yeah. Okay, Jason, don't, don't be, be a turd. I, I don't want to be a turd up here. No, you're, you're not. And Jason, don't be Jason, don't be mad because you didn't go to Columbia and you went to Syracuse because both Marcellus and I are Columbia, proud Columbia yeah, grads, so yeah. – that's right. So, Jason, you wouldn't understand that going to Syracuse. Listen, I wanted to go to college where my team was going to win football games oh and go to the NCAA tournament. Oh, there we so go. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 mic drop. Mic drop right there. I, I got know. No we got no comeback. <laughs> I, still, I still wear my, my Columbia sweatshirt and hat. I don't care. That's right. With pride. That's me. You know, Marcellus, you talked about Brady, and I kind of see the next two years for him not like, you know, look, Peyton Manning was was different, you know, but this it's going to kind of play out like Joe Montana's last couple of years with the Chiefs. I think he's going to have moments this year where you go, boy, Brady can still do it. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of weapons. The defense is young. It's pretty good. I think he'll do enough, especially you're adding a playoff team. He'll get them into the playoffs, but you're going to still see the decline. He's not going to find the fountain of youth in Tampa Bay. Well, you know, it's interesting. We're asking two different things in terms of a limited market. And obviously he only had a couple of suitors because of the age, the decline, the birth certificate was really yelling at teams. But now he lands in Tampa with those weapons. It's going to be able to dress him up even more so than before. And he didn't have those weapons in New England. He had a 35-year-old Julian Edelman 
who was coming off a PED suspension because he knows he's on his last legs. And that was your number one. Your number one. Trust me, as a former defender, if we look at an offense and they say Julian Edelman is their best threat, you're like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. And it wasn't fun for New England Patriots, especially offensively last year. The defense was stout. It was good. Some say it was a little overhyped based on their rankings, and they weren't as good. And we saw at the end of the season that kind of catch up to them. But I think Tom Brady's going to really hit the ground running with Bruce Arians, his style of play, taking shots, something that Tom Brady couldn't do necessarily last year because he didn't have the weapons. But we've seen him do it before in the past when he did have those weapons. Uh, I think he can still do it physically. And now he's going to be with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You talk about Jones in the running game. Oh, he's going to be pretty. No matter how cute he is, he's going to get enough makeup to make himself look beautiful next year. Trust. You know what, Marcellus? I'm still not convinced. I remember everybody went gaga over the Browns last year. When they got mm. the OBJ trade, and they look on, look at their roster on paper, and they went from a million to one to fourteen to one to make it to the Super Bowl. I can go on and on and on. And you know what? The 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 Bucks, I, I get it on paper, but Tom Brady at forty three, and the way he looked last year, even when they were eight and last year, I thought that was the worst eight and team I had seen. I'm not convinced that they're going to the playoffs. I'll still pick Atlanta ahead of them. I'll still pick New Orleans ahead of them. I'm not convinced. I I I, I still think Tom Brady has something to prove. I I hear that. I, I totally get it, especially in football. Uh, a lot of times you look at these teams in terms of talent and you start playing the name game on paper. It never turns out as good as it sounds on paper. It never does because it doesn't factor in the intangibles the immeasurables, the things you just can't get a ruler out and take measure and figure out about a person and a player, and also the chemistry, how they're going to work together. Will there be an osmosis effect in terms of Tom Brady and his winning just landing in that locker room and it spreads around that locker room, it becomes contagious? Or is it as Tom Brady's kind of isolated as what he used to be, but who he is now is not igniting this team? and they may not connect. So that's the scenario. But if I had to bet the house, I wouldn't bet on that scenario. I would bet on that Tom Brady's going to hit the right guy, hit him on time. And if he can't push the ball downfield like he used to, then we're going to just open up the short, the intermediate passing game. And having O.J. Howard and having that, that tight end core, they just have so many levels in which Tom Brady is going to have something to feast on. So – this is a buffet right now. I think in New England it was a little more customized, especially to Tom Bray and his limits and the limited options. But in Tampa, it seems like, hey, man, once you walk through the door, the world is yours. We'll see if they can play it out. It's a buffet, but somebody sneezed on it, so we'll wait. <laughs> the worst. Oh, man, that's the worst. Hey, you think we're going to get anything from him in his interview with Howard Stern next week? He's going he's gonna to light the Patriots up because I, I – I, I just don't see that happening with him next week. No, not in that respect. I don't think he goes there. His legacy is tied to New England forevermore. So why would you ever want to burn the place you left when you know you got to return there in terms of legacy and in terms of memory? So he's going to always protect the Patriots. And I think that's why he actually, quote-unquote, uh, made himself the recruiter 
in terms of going to Tampa Bay. He didn't let them recruit him. He said, I want to go to Tampa Bay. And I think that's a cleaner break from New England versus New England having to deny Tom Brady or Tom Brady saying something bad about New England, therefore he won't go there. So it really silences a lot of the criticism. But we're going to see more of his personality, and certainly in this interview, he's going to say something that you're going to say, whoa, the New England Patriot Tom Brady, the Patriot way Tom Brady is behind him. I think that's what's occurring. And it even started in New England with TB12. I remember what it was, 2013, he started TB12. And Tom Brady and I, crazy enough, share a marketing agent. So I can't blame the agent when I don't get deals because I know Tom Brady getting all the deals. That's right. (laughs) It's not the agent. It's only Marcellus. But I remember talking to him and just hearing behind the scenes what Tom Brady was really trying to create. And since TB12 started in the facility next to the Patriots facility and his branding, his marketing, his Facebook show, the T-shirts, him copywriting things, Tom Brady's like, I've been suppressed in terms of my personality enjoying my workplace. He's had tremendous success. His trophy banner looks better than any football player ever. We get all that. But we all also do what we love, and we love doing it, and we love what we are doing it. And I think that's the part of the equation that gets lost on people. They see a Super Bowl ring, and they think you're supposed to smile every single day, every single way. But Tom Brady didn't enjoy to the fullest going to work like he should. I think that's going to change in Tampa. You can follow him on Twitter, at Marcellus Wiley. That's at Marcellus Wiley. Host at Speak for Yourself at Fox Sports 1, former All-Pro, and most importantly, Ivy League Hall of Famer, Marcellus Wiley. (laughs) We're not always congruent we're yeah, not always man. congruent hey. here on the show, but. Hey, brother, I love saying that, man. The Hall of Fame, I only got one Hall of Fame to go to Canton. I'm coming, Canton. Never, but I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, you, can buy, you can buy a ticket like everybody else. Damn right. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate y'all. Take it easy, Marcellus. Yeah, when he he dropped a congruent on us, Robin. I'd I like know. to drop some words once in a while, like conflagration or you know. But he dropped congruent, and I was like, well, that's I, I like that. I'm gonna, I got to use congruent more often in conversations. You know, I can't even get that out, so I'm not even going that route. I'll and you're a writer. You that's should right. know I'll words st- like congruent. Yeah, that would never appear in my column ever. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith, Rob Parker, in for Dan and the Danettes. Coming up next, hey, we're going to continue on this big story involving Rex Ryan and what's next when you call an NFL player a turd on national television. You'll hear it. This is Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Maybe Rex Ryan has a job on Monday. Maybe he doesn't. The big NFL story this hour. Thanks to Marcellus Wiley for stopping by with a few minutes ago. Uh, Rex Ryan, former Jets and Bills head coach, went on ESPN's Get Up earlier this morning and was talking NFL and Rex decided when he was asked about Amari Cooper and Cooper's new five-year hundred million dollar contract he wasn't a big fan of it but then Rex being Rex went all the way to the line and then really crossed over it take a listen 
to me, this is the biggest disappearing act in the National Football League. He doesn't show up on the road. He doesn't show up against, when the competition's good, when he's against the top corners, that guy disappears. This is who he is. And Dan, he doesn't love football. Hell with it. He stops his routes. He does all this. I wouldn't have paid this turd. No way in hell. All right, so he goes Did anybody on. jump in after that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, look, we're, you and I are doing the show, so I don't know if someone jumped in and said anything or if they just wow. very nervously tried to cover it. I mean, look, you're not you're not expecting to hear your analyst uh, call a player a turd, you know. And and you know, look, talking about Rex, uh, you know, this hour on the show. Look, Rex is bombastic. He's someone we've seen this language from him before, but this was we've seen it on Hard Knocks. We've seen it behind the scenes as he's the head coach of the Jets and the Bills. You are a national analyst now, and you're appearing on television, and maybe you finally decided, screw it, I got a little bit of IDGAF in me because I'm not getting back in the NFL as a head coach, which is the job he really wants to get back in. So now I'm just going let it, to let it loose now. I'm going to say whatever I want to, and then he goes and he calls a guy a turd. Now, look, to talk about him being overrated and, and not being worth the money, that's one thing. For him to say, listen, he puts up great stats, but he you know disappears in big games and cuts off routes and doesn't try. Look, that's hot take-ish, and that's fine because Rex has been a head coach. He, he earned, he's earned that right. But, Rob, you can't, you can't just come I mean, You go on TV and call a guy a turd. What, what kind of person are you where you're saying, okay, I no longer can just have a conversation about things. I'm going to go after a guy and call him a turd. Loser. Can't do it. The, the, the name calling and especially to, uh, that, like for that to come out of your mouth on national television, that's that's alarming to me. I mean, seriously, you got to understand the ramifications of that and what that, you know, and what that will mean to you as you go into it. Like you say, everything else is in bounds. If you could come up with numbers just to help your argument. I've always said this. Whenever guys would call into my radio show years ago in Detroit and they'd rip a player and say, you know, he, he can't, he's not a clutch player. He can't hit in the ninth inning or when you need a big hit. I'd always say, if you come on and say that, that's fine. But if you tell me that in the last uh, three years he's batting 094 in the ninth inning, then you know what? you got an even stronger argument. You just can't make blanket, blanket statements because last night the guy didn't get a hit in a big spot. So my point is if you want to do that and you want to take down Amari and say he's not worth the money, build a case based off of numbers and stuff that, that people can look at and go – I didn't know that, Jason. Do you know what I mean? And then you have a stronger argument. And now watch the damage control because ESPN is so cognizant of their reputation. You're going to see players all over social media that are going to light Rex up. I bet you the Cowboys call and say, what's your guy doing calling our guy a turd? And you're going to see some kind of public apology at least, maybe a suspension because ESPN is going to want to say, hey, everything's fine. Don't worry. We love the Cowboys. We love the NFL. We love everything about this. But this is going to be a big firestorm. I, I would, I would get, bet you're going to see something within the next couple of hours to that extent no doubt about it i've been to the principal's office you've been to the principal's office uh (laughs) that will definitely happen fox sports radio you can follow us on twitter at how about a fresca rob at rob parker fs1 uh been a great weekend for dan and the danettes they are back on monday this is fox sports radio 